This is the Coming Home Podcast with John Allen. And welcome everybody to this episode of the Coming Home Podcast with John Allen. It's me, John Allen, and today I am solo, solo and unscripted for this episode of the Coming Home Podcast with John Allen. Uh, It's been a while since I've been solo. It's been quite a while. (laughs) That's uh, actually quite unintentional. Um, you know, I had the uh, solo Saturday thing going, but, uh, Hey, you know, we're living life. We make changes, you know, it's the ebb and flow of life. Things change. Um, I got into a situation where, uh, and actually it was a, it was a, it was a position of luxury where I had so many guests lined up, um, that, uh, the solo Saturday thing, it just, it, 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 it actually kind of got in the way of some of those episodes. Um, I have my, uh, Tiffy Tuesday series, uh, with my good friend, uh, Tiffany Troutman. Uh, now that's been put on pause for a little while. She's got, uh, got that education, that education thing to do. So she's a little bit busy for, uh, for the last couple of weeks and for another couple of weeks to come. But, uh, Tiffy Tuesday will be back. So for now, today, it's just me. Um, listen closely if you would, please. Um, I want to talk about something that's, uh, that it's, it's, it's on the serious side of things. I want to talk about election day back home in the United States. Uh, it's wow. What a crazy situation. It's a weird situation, uh, to be in. And a lot of other expats can identify with this. You know, you're an American citizen, uh, you're living in another country and you're taking part in the election in that you can vote. You know, I did vote from, from here in Norway. Uh, I did a, did my mail-in ballot. And, uh, so you're participating, but at the same time you feel so removed from the, the, from the whole process. Now there's some people that, um, are looking at this as just another election, but for some of us, this is quite a serious and sobering event in our lives for me, this is the, the election that I have been engaged in and focused on and preoccupied by, um, more so than for any other election in my, in my life. This is an important time. Uh, I think it is. I think a lot of other Americans would agree with me. Um, you know, Joe Biden puts it uh, quite clearly. It is an election for the soul of America. I don't care which side you're on. You know, you vote for who, whoever you'd like to vote for. Uh, but I think that any patriotic American, regardless of Democrat or Republican or independent, I believe that every <laughs> conscious and, and thinking American voter knows that something is wrong in our country right now. You know, if you support Trump, you know, you're on that Trump train and you think everything he's doing is great, that's fine. But don't you see this air of division that's in our country? Don't you see that? Um, I think you do. Some people will try to uh, ignore that, Uh, you know, make America great again again. You know, in other words, they think America is doing just fine, or they'll say, at least they'll say outwardly uh, that they think America is doing just fine right now. But, but do you really think America is doing just fine right now? 
Have you ever seen this much division in the United States? And what gets me is, is this thing about hatred, hatred. Um, you know, you'll see people online. Oh, I, I hate Joe Biden. I hate Donald Trump. Um, you know, if you are, if you're on the MAGA train, you're just an idiot. Oh, you're a libtard and you don't know, you don't know what's best for yourself. Where, where did that come from? What happened, what happened to the good old days where if you wanted to vote for Ronald Reagan, you voted for Ronald Reagan, but she didn't have anything ugly to say about Jimmy Carter or, or his supporters, you know, the people who voted for Jimmy Carter. You didn't have anything ugly to say about them. They were just on the other side of the political spectrum. There was no sense of them being less American than you, less patriotic, less uh, smart, uh, you know. We were on equal footing when it came to our uh, Americanness, if I can use the air quotes on that word. We were all Americans. We were just on different sides of the political spectrum, but that spectrum was not as broad as, you know, there wasn't this gulf between Democrat and Republican back then. It wasn't that way for the Carter-Reagan election. It wasn't for, it wasn't that way for the, for the Clinton-Bush election. It was that way to a certain extent for the Bush two election, the first election with him in 2000. Um, the gulf was even wider when President Obama uh, ran for his two elections, and now it's just out of control. It's almost like there's two different countries. What is that all about? Where did that come from? Um you know, I have my thoughts on that. I think it would be a waste of time to go through that here on this podcast episode. I don't think anybody wants to hear that. You know, this thing has been analyzed up and down, back and forth, round and around. Uh, you know, you can get that on your, uh, you, you can get that on other political podcasts. I don't look at my podcast as a political podcast. I'm talking about politics in this episode, but I do not have a political podcast. I'm not a political pundit. Um, I'm just a halfway intelligent, fairly intelligent American voter. Um, I consider myself an educated voter. I consider myself a thinking American voter. So for those of you on the right, you can take your sheep business and just, just, yeah, you know what you can do with that. Um, you know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna capture me and put me in a cage with that kind of rhetoric. Um, Again, what, what happened to this thing? How did we get here to where just because another American disagrees with your political stance that you have to resort to the name calling, you know, you're a sheep, you're a libtard, you're this, you're that, any other. Um, but I will say this. Um, I remember when Hillary Clinton took her, uh, took her criticism when she made the statement that Trump supporters are a basket of deplorables. Uh, I remember I cringed when she, when she said that I did not think that that was going to win her any votes. I think that was a mistake, a very clear mistake that she made when she made that statement. You know, you don't want to just take the, the, the political opposition and sweep them up into a dustpan and throw them in the garbage like that. Um, I don't think that won her any votes, but on the same line of thinking, I don't think that Trump over the last four years has gained any supporters by consistently um, making it very clear 
that he has no interest in being the president of the United States. He has interest in being the president of the political right. And again, support the man if you will, but just listen to what he says himself. He's consistently getting into this. Um, he's putting his, he, he's setting foot on this very, um, it's, it's, it's like a pasture full of cow poop and he's willfully stepping in every pile that he can. He takes every opportunity. He has taken every opportunity that he could for the last four years to, to make it very clear um, his views on the so-called blue states. You know, if you are a state in the United States of America that leans blue or is blue, and if you are a voter who does not support him, it's pretty obvious from his own rhetoric that he has no use for you as a so-called blue voter or as a so-called blue state. That is not American. Never before uh, in my life have I heard a president of the United States take that type of a stance. I've never heard that before. Never. Again, Support the man, if you will. That's your choice as an American. I'm not trying to tell anybody how to, how to vote. I, I guess I'm just getting this off my chest. I'm, I'm making my statement. You know, we all have a right as an American citizen to make our statements about how we feel uh, in this political climate uh, in which we live. Uh, that's our right to say that. Um, don't hate me for it. <laughs> you know, if, if you don't like it, you won't listen to this. Um, you know, maybe you'll start your own podcast and, and, and uh, you know, you have CNN and you have Fox News. Maybe you'll have the Coming Home podcast with John Allen and the uh, Leaving Home podcast with Joe, the Trump supporter <laughs> to be. I don't know. You know, make, make your decision. Say what you want. Uh, believe what you want to believe. But don't shut down the dialogue. Um. I had a podcast episode uh, a couple days ago with uh, England Brooks, and we talked about that whole thing about uh, dialogue, about discussion. Um, I miss those days where you could sit across from someone who had a little bit or maybe a drastically different view uh, than what you have, but you would still be able to talk. Uh, that that word hatred, that concept of hatred for the opposite political uh, party, is is it's too prevalent in in our in our nation today. Um, I hear this a lot. A lot of a lot of Trump supporters will say, uh, you know, you hate Donald Trump. Uh, I don't. I don't hate the man. To be honest, I feel sorry for him. I pity that guy. Um, he he's. Yeah, you, you can make the argument that he's a narcissist. You can make the argument that he's uh, egotistical. And, you know, maybe he is both of those things and then some. But but I, I sense a sort of desperation in that man's actions. Uh, could it be because of the legal, uh, this mountain of legal things that he's going to have to face eventually? Could it be because of the uh, this this half a billion dollars in debt? that this man has to pay and he wants the office of the president of the United States to be his suit of armor, if you will, to protect him. That argument could be made. 
that argument could be made. You know, the day he is no longer president, he is then open for prosecution for a certain number of crimes um, on the state level, on the state level. Uh, and, and again, these are things that are facts. This isn't conspiracy theory. This isn't my opinion. These are facts. Look it up yourself. Please, if you are on the political right, if you are a Donald Trump supporter, when you hear a so-called liberal, and I say so-called liberal, such as myself, say these kind of things, don't just shout it down and, and say it's a libtard uh, excuse. Because it's not that. It's facts. <laughs> uh, this man has... A few crimes that are, are a few accusations of crimes, a few court cases that are stacked up and waiting. You know, we have this tradition, um, and I say it's a tradition because it's not a law, but it is a tradition, um, an opinion. It's also an opinion of certain political figures and certain legal figures that the president of the United States cannot be uh, indicted for a crime. Okay. Let that fact stand as it is. But it is also a fact that when this man no longer is president, then the doors open for these cases to to uh, to proceed against him. And he will then be held accountable for a few things. That doesn't mean he will be convicted, but he will certainly be held accountable. The justice system will certainly uh, begin to bring their cases before this man. So that's why I say I, I, I sense a certain desperation in him. You know, some people will say he's crazy. He says these things because he's crazy. Uh, you know, I'm not a psychologist. Uh, personally, I don't think he's crazy. He may have some narcissistic uh, leanings, <laughs> uh, and that is my uneducated opinion. Uh, but I don't think he's crazy. I think he's doing the things he's doing in a very calculated manner. Um kind of stretching himself and putting himself out there to do what he can to keep the presidency around him for at least the next four years so that he can avoid a few issues that he's going to have to deal with a few legal issues and financial issues that he's going to have to deal with eventually. But as long as he's president, he is protected. He, he, you know, he can put these things on hold again. It's my opinion that he has this desperation around him, but these things uh, that I'm naming, these legal issues, these financial issues, that's fact. If you don't believe it, please, I challenge you, I ask you to please look it up. Know your candidate. Don't vote for don't vote for Joe Biden because of what you've heard. Vote for Joe Biden because of what you know and feel as a voter. Don't vote for Donald Trump. Because of how you feel. Oh my gosh, I love that he uh, is tough. I love that he really sticks it to the libtards. You know, don't be that kind of a uneducated and ignorant voter. Don't be that guy or, or lady. Educate yourself, get your facts, get it done. You know, by the time this episode is released in about another hour, it'll be 3.34 p.m. on the East Coast um, here on Election Day. Uh, so... I don't know. There might be some undecided voters out there. I don't think I'm going to change anyone's mind, but I do hope that the people who are listening to this at least will ponder over some of these things that I'm mentioning. Think about some of the things that I'm saying. Okay. So that's what I wanted to say 
um, specifically about Donald Trump. Uh, as you guys know, my longtime uh, listeners to my podcast, this is not a political podcast. You could say this is a political episode, but I do not have a political podcast. Yes, when I speak with some of my guests, because of the, 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 the way we, the way I like to have my discussions, we talk about what's going on in people's lives. So some of my guests have been, uh, you know, they've had some things to say. Uh, or some questions to ask about the current election. So yes, from time to time on episodes, we do talk about the election. People have given their opinions on uh, Donald Trump. But above and beyond that, this is not a political podcast. <laughs> and having said that, let's talk about a little bit of politics. <laughs> um I was actually going to do this episode yesterday, uh, Monday, November, uh, what is it? November, um, 2nd, but I chose to wait because I was watching television and looking around online and I saw there were so many cases that were brought up. Uh, if I read correctly, there are around 40 different cases that have been brought to the courts by the GOP, the grand old party. Those Republicans have brought around 40 cases to the courts and every single case has been uh, focused on, let's just call it what it is, voter suppression. Voter suppression. These cases have been brought to the courts in order to keep people from voting or to cancel out votes that have already been made or to make things difficult for people to vote or to erase certain measures that have been put into place to make things easier for people to vote. That's pretty un-American. That is pretty undemocratic. And I'm not talking about Democrats. I'm talking about undemocratic. It goes against the principles of a modern democracy. It goes directly against the principles of the United States. Um, People have a right to vote, but these cases that have been brought to the courts have been brought in order to hinder people's ability to vote, to take away their votes that they have already uh, placed, or to take away measures that have been put in place to make it easier for people to vote. Uh, what are you talking about, John Allen, you, you may ask? Well, let me tell you. Um, there was a case that the Republicans brought to whatever that county is. It called Las Vegas County. I don't know, but it's in Las Vegas. Um, there was a judge who denied a Republican effort to stop the counting of early votes. Why would the Republican Party want to stop the counting of early votes in Las Vegas? I'll just let that question hang. And you guys think about it. So that case was brought before a judge and the judge denied the Republican effort to stop early vote counting in Las Vegas. Um, here's an interesting thing. If you guys go back a couple of months, there was a lot of talk all throughout the news media about how the president and the Republican Party were doing things to make the United States Postal Service function less optimally than it should. They were doing things like um, denying the payment of overtime 
so that postal employees would be able to work overtime in order to process all of these mail-in votes. Why would the president and the Republican Party want that to happen? Why would they put in measures to deny funding of overtime for the U.S. Postal Service at a time when the Postal Service needs to fund overtime because of this influx of of mail-in ballots, you know, those are they are they are uh, in large numbers processed by the United States Postal Service. They need money to do that. Why would the president and the, and the Republican Party not want that to happen? Well, uh, they also uh, put in measures to remove um, mail sorting equipment or machines. They took them away. They took them offline. Uh, thereby making it much more difficult for postal districts um, or postal locations, whatever you call that, the places where they sort mail, making it more difficult for them to do that. And again, this was a month or two ago, a couple months ago, in the lead up to all of this, this, uh, this early mail-in, uh, these early mail-in ballots. Why would the president and the Republican Party be interested in taking away mail sorting machines. Why? I'll just let that question hang there and you think about it. So the fact is, regardless of how you feel about it, the fact is, is that these things were done. Things were put in place by the president and by the Republican party to make things difficult to make the UN, the United States postal service function uh, at a much much less efficient uh, uh, manner. Um, crazy. Interesting. A lot of people a couple of months ago were wondering why was, uh, why was this happening? Why was the president doing that? Well, let's fast forward to today. The fact is, today, the information has come out that for the fifth day in a row, for the fifth day in a row, ballots in Michigan, Wisconsin, Georgia, excuse me, Georgia, New Hampshire, and Maine are being processed slower than they were the day before. And I'm talking about ballots that are coming through the United States postal system. Each day it has been measured for the last five days that each day these ballots are being processed slower than they were the day before. So it's been getting progressively less efficient, progressively inefficient in the postal service over the last five days. So now a federal judge has said that the United States Postal Service has to sweep through their underperforming postal zones for ballots. They have to go and dig through the mail you know, dig through the Christmas card that has to be sent uh, two months ahead of time from Norway to Kent, Ohio, to a certain podcaster's uh, family, uh, daughter and grandkids, so that they get their uh, Christmas card on time. They got to sweep through those Christmas cards. They have to sweep through and pluck out, you know, set all of those things aside, Christmas cards and regular mail. Set it aside and find ballots that have been mailed in and get those ballots to where they are supposed to go. And they have to do that by 3 p.m. today. 
Now, at the time of recording this podcast episode, I'm going to upload it as soon as I'm finished. But right now, it's 3.21, 3.21 p.m. on the East Coast of the United States. I could take the time right now as I speak and go online and see if I can find out if they have actually done what they're supposed to do. But again, that federal judge has said that the United States Postal Service now has to pluck out, find these, you know, do a sweep through each postal location, each postal zone, find ballots that have been sent in and get them processed immediately and get them sent to where they are supposed to go. And they have to do it by 3 p.m. today. And the bosses, the top dogs, the fat cats at the United States Postal Service are being held accountable. They have to do this, according to this federal judge. Now, why am I pointing out this particular instance? It's because in all of this chaos and all of this, and, 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 I, and, and it's manufactured chaos, again, The president and the Republican Party have made a very clear and conscious effort to create chaos in the United States Postal Service. And I let that question hang as to why they did it. Well, we see why they did it. They wanted things to work less efficiently. They wanted chaos in the United States Postal Service. They didn't want it to work the way it was supposed to because they wanted to suppress the vote. Here's another fact for you guys. The less people that vote, the more beneficial it is to the Republican Party. Fact. Just Google it. That's not my opinion. That's a fact. Google it. Uh, The president, among other top Republicans, have actually said this themselves, that the more people who vote, the worse things are for us as Republicans. That's not my opinion. I didn't say that. I'm repeating what the president and other top Republicans have said themselves. The less people that vote, did I say this correctly earlier? What I'm trying to say is that Republicans feel that, and and statistics also show, history shows that the less people who vote, the better it is for Republicans. The more people who vote, the worse it is for Republicans. So you mess with the U.S. Postal Service, you throw a monkey wrench in that uh, process there, so that ballots don't get where they're supposed to, which means that that is a suppression of the vote. Let's call it what it is. It's voter suppression, and it's quite intentional. And it, it, is, it is not democratic. It is not an American value to suppress the vote. It's an American custom to suppress the vote. Know your history, people. It's an American custom to, to uh, suppress the vote. Unfortunately, if you want to go to if you want to stick to the true principles of what America is supposed to stand for, voter suppression is not American. So why do the Republicans want to do it? Because things go better for them. And that should tell it tells me something. Uh, I'm not going to try and tell you what it should tell you, but I'll tell you what it tells me. It tells me that the Republican Party of today, the leadership of the Republican Party, because I know there's some good people out there who are Republican voters. I know some of them. But the leadership of the Republican Party from the president on down, uh, there are enough of them who would rather commit an un-American atrocity. I'll call it what it is. It's an un-American atrocity to suppress the vote. Isn't America supposed to be the leading democracy of the world is aren't we the nation that people are supposed to look to for what is right and to look to us for 
what it means to be a just and an honorable nation. Well, where's the justice and where's the honor in doing what you can to keep people from being able to vote? So that's an ugly, it's, it's just an ugly thing to have happen. But the reason why I bring up this instance, this example, is because I, I also see a certain beauty in the American system. Where is the beauty, you may ask? Here's the beauty. The beauty is that in the face of such an un-American and undemocratic uh, action, uh, you know, this attempt to suppress the vote, the judicial system has stepped forward and put in place a pretty effective measure <laughs> to, uh, to hinder, to stop uh, to fix that issue of voter suppression. This federal judge has said that the United States Postal Service must go in and pluck out the, these, uh, these ballots and get them where they're supposed to be, and they've got to do it by 3 p.m. today. Again, check this out, people. It's online. You may not see it on Fox News or Breitbart, but it's there online. Re- get a different news source. That's another thing. Um <laughs> If you want to watch Fox News, watch Fox News. But why would you take that, uh, as they say here in Norway, why would you take that as good fish? Why would you accept that? Isn't that a weird saying? These Norwegians take it as good fish. But why would you just accept that at face value and not try, actively try to find a different viewpoint that is to contrast, that is the contrast of what you heard on that news source? You know, I listen to, uh, I watch CNN, I watch Norwegian news, I'll, I'll listen to Fox News to hear what they're saying. Personally, I think they're a bunch of loonies over there, but I still go in and listen to what they say because, you know, it's, it's just healthy to do that. It's healthy to keep your mind as broad as possible when it comes to the gathering of information. Broaden your sources. Excuse me, I had to take a little drink of water there. Um, get your news, get your information from several sources. Um, the more sources you have, the more informed you will be. And the more informed you will be, uh, the more democratic your actions will be. The more informed and the more intelligent your vote will be. So I see a beauty in there. Uh, I don't know, am I naive to believe in the American system, this American system that has... Uh, <laughs> given birth to, to this, to this polarized nation that we have. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm, I, I guess you can call me naive, but to me, there's something beautiful in that process in that the judicial system stepped forward and did what it had to do, um, to, uh, to, uh, to try and negate that rather disgusting effort at, um, at voter suppression. You guys want another instance of voter suppression? Maybe not, but here it comes anyway. Texas. Um, around Houston, they had uh, 10 drive-through voting locations so that people would be able to vote easier. That it would be a more effective thing. You know, they were anticipating, they were seeing large numbers uh, of, of early voting in, in Texas. They set records. 
good Lord, um, before, uh, what was it? As of three days ago, I believe they said that they had already surpassed the number of total votes for the 2016 election. So the early voting in Texas had already surpassed the total number of votes in the 2016 election. That's that, that is a uh, shining ex- example of American democracy and engagement right there. That's a lot of votes. So to make things easier because of the large numbers and also because of the Corona situation, that's a whole nother issue, but the Corona situation is there, whether you believe it's a hoax or not, it's still a situation that is very present in America right now. But, um, in order to uh, to deal with that, they, they wanted to make it easier for people to vote. So they set up these tents uh, where you could just drive through. They give you some sort of um, an iPad type of thing, and you do you do your voting as you sit in your car. Great idea, one would think. Bad idea, said the, the uh, Republican Party of Texas. They thought that was bad. What did they do? They took it to the courts. The uh, Texas State Supreme Court, which was an all-Republican panel of judges, by the way, said that um, there's nothing wrong with having these tents where people can drive through. Um, They shot down the Republican attempt to get rid of those tents. So it, the case was also taken up to the federal level. There was a federal district judge who uh, had the case. And if my understanding is correct, uh, he denied to hear the case. Uh, and he wrote in his statement that it could possibly, he didn't say it is, but it could possibly be considered illegal and that the Texas state, um, I don't know if it's the, the state constitution or is it the uh, electoral commission for the state of Texas says that you can have alternate polling places, also alter, uh, alternate places to vote as long as it is in a building or structure. But he said that the legal argument could be brought up that these tents are not a building or structure. In other words, if the, if the, if the Republicans wanted to be real jerks, they could say, Hey, this is not legal because it's in a tent instead of in a brick and mortar building. Um, but anyway, this federal judge did not clearly state that they were illegal. He said that it could be argued that they're not legal. So what the county um, electoral commissioner in uh, that area around Houston has done now is he has made the decision to take away nine. And, and by the way, we were talking about 100, around 127,000 votes that could have potentially been crossed out if the Republicans would have won their court case and if it would have been found that these voting locations were illegal, 127,000 votes. So, so now the local voting authorities have said they will take away nine out of 10 of these tents of these drive through locations. And the one location that they have remaining, they, if I understood it correctly, they have moved it to a basketball stadium a basketball arena rather. So there you go. It is a brick and mortar building, which is very clear. Uh, it's, it's very clearly in line with the state uh, regulations 
which state that these alternate voting places must be in a building or structure. If you ask me, a tent is a structure. <laughs> okay, whatever. Well, this basketball arena is a structure, so they have this in place to continue with an alternate uh, polling place, an alternate place to vote. Uh, and he, the reason he took away the other nine is because he is anticipating a Republican appeal, maybe up to the United States Supreme Court. And think about that. If they go to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court says, hey, these 10 polling places are illegal, these votes cannot count, it's probably, a, well, I think it is a smart decision that the local voting authority has preemptively shut down nine of those locations, anticipating a possible uh, appeal by the Republican Party. Uh, that means that if they decide only one place is illegal as opposed to 10 places is illegal, then they are hopefully setting it up so that there are fewer votes that will be taken out of the pot. So again, another act or another effort at voter suppression by the Republican Party. Why are they doing it? Well, again, historically and from their own mouths, from the president's own mouth, the more people who vote, the worse it is for the Republican Party. I, I just think it's sad. But again, there's a beauty in place because the judicial system did come and do its job and it shut down that attempt at voter suppression. Or did it really? Because in the end, they chose to take down nine of these extra polling places. Excuse me, I need another drink of water here. unscripted and unedited. <laughs> um, yeah, so it, it's, it's, uh, it's crazy. I'm going to be awake uh, all night. You know, I, I say that now, but I may end up dozing off, snoring and drooling on myself on the couch. But I'm going to stay awake. I'm going to follow the election. Uh, I am very, very much engaged in this process this time around. Like I said, this is the uh, presidential election that has meant the most to me. I think Joe Biden is right. There is a, uh, this is a referendum on the soul of the United States. This is a referendum on the direction of the United States. You know, I saw something, and, and it, let me say this also, uh, before you guys label me as some kind of uh, left-wing zealot. <laughs> uh, you know, Joe Biden is not my, he was not my first choice for president. But having said that, I don't think that there's anything wrong with Joe Biden. Now, you guys have your crazy uh, bizarre QAnon conspiracies about pedoph you know, pedophilia and, 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 you know, some sort of conspiracy to, you know, start a new world order and all that kind of crap. If that's, if that's where your focus is, then, then, then have, have at it, you know, God bless you because you certainly need his blessings if you're going that way with those kind of conspiracy theories. So Joe Biden was not my first choice, but I do think he's a good man. I think that the man is one who he's, he's like a traditional politician. And I say that in the positive sense in that he has a, he has this, this, this old school political decency about him. And you hear that. And what he's saying, you know, he's not out there 
with the name calling and the pettiness, he's saying quite clearly his goal is to be the president of the United States, not the president of the blue states. He wants to bring the country back together. And how can you, how can you be against that? If Donald Trump said he wanted to bring the country together and he actually showed that he wanted to bring the country together, how could you blame him for that? But the man says one thing and does another. And that's undeniable. And when you look at the facts, if you have your eyes open and you choose to look at the facts, yeah, he says he wants, you know, to make America great again. He wants America to be united. But what has he done to show that he wants America to be uh, to be united when he denies? uh, It's almost as if he denies the very essence of being an American to states and to voters who don't support him. I, I don't know. I, I, I just can't, I, I can't get behind that. I just can't. Some of you can, and that's your thing, but I, I just, I, I, I can't do it. Uh, he's doing these things like saying that uh, if all the votes are not counted today on election day, there's some kind of fraud. That's a sign of uh, terrible uh, and uh, widespread fraud in the electorate. If all votes are not counted today, um, to the best of my knowledge, for a hundred years or more, there has never been an election where they have counted all of the votes on election day. It's a process. It takes time. It takes time, especially when you have states who have widespread mail-in ballots and they are not allowed for whatever reason. I don't know if this is by state decree or if it's because of previous court cases, but some of these states are not even allowed to begin to count mail-in ballots or absentee ballots or the, you know, the ballots from the military, for example, in most states, they're not, or I don't want to say most, but in some states, they're not even allowed to start counting them until the polls close. Okay. There is no fraud if a state is not finished counting its ballots by the end of election day today. There is no fraud if that is the case. It's quite normal. So I, I, I hope those of you who are listening, you know, if, if you disagree with all this stuff, look it up. Do some research. Don't listen to what Donald Trump says blankly. Listen to what he says if you choose. But I challenge you to check up on these things I'm saying. I'm not lying to you. I'm trying not to give. Of course, I'm saying I'm stating my opinion on some things, but I'm also stating some things as fact things that you also will know if you choose to do your research. Are you an uneducated and ignorant voter or are you an educated um, thinking uh, 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 voter who has gone through a process of educating yourself, of gaining as much knowledge as you can before you place your vote? Which one are you? And I'm not hating on you if you're not one or you're not the other. I'm not hating on you. I'm putting a challenge out there. (laughs) I feel like I have to say things like that. You know, I'm not hating on you. I'm not trying to tell you what to do because I, I think I've said this before in other podcast episodes. I lost some friends because of one episode, episode 28, go in on, uh, go in on my YouTube channel. It's called the coming home podcast with John Allen. That's coming C O M I N 
not coming. We dropped the G here so we can be a little cool. But the Coming Home Podcast with John Allen, look it up on YouTube, look it up on um, Apple Podcasts, look it up on Spotify. Find my podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, go in on episode 28 and listen to that. Because of that one episode where I was addressing the political term, political and social turmoil, mostly the social turmoil in, in the United States at that time. This is around the, um, the killing of George Floyd and, and uh, uh, the protests in the streets, um, the protest against the protests in the streets and all of that. I had a podcast episode about all of that stuff, and a lot of people showed a lot of love. But a, hand people, a handful of people showed a little bit of hatred. It's a sad thing that um, for some people in the United States, a black man who goes with the flow is a good man. But a black man who speaks his mind, a black man who confronts racism and inequality, both systemic and on the individual level, a black man who confronts those things is a black man who needs to be silenced. There are people who think that, and I found that out. Boy, did I find that out after that episode. Episode 28, check it out. Uh, I stand by everything I said in that episode. I do. And uh, come what may, if you hate me for it, then God bless you. Uh, God bless you. But for those of you who showed me some love, and, and that episode brought me a lot of love. It, brought, it opened some doors for me. I made some new friends. I made some new contacts. I made some new um, partners uh, in my podcast. I got a lot of support. I got a lot of media attention. Um, I stand by everything I said in that episode. I stand by everything I say today. I'm not trying to tell you how to vote, but I am begging you to be an informed voter. In this last, you know, in the, in the twilight of... Election Day 2020, I'm asking those of you who are listening to be an informed voter. Maybe it's too late, but maybe some of you who are on the edge, you know, some of you who just want to vote the party line, even though you know that that is the less than smart thing to do, I don't want to say it's a dumb thing to do, but let's say to be kind, let's say you may know it's the less than smart thing to do. Maybe some of you heard something I said today, which will make you go in, in yourself and think a little bit and you may continue as before, but you may also make a slightly different decision than what you otherwise would have made if you hadn't heard what I said. Now I don't want to sound arrogant in saying I'm, going to change. I'm going to show you the light and I'm going to change you. I don't expect that, but I care about my country. I care about the people in my country and I'm very concerned. I think it's, it's for me, it's been hard to see, hard to watch what's been going on in the United States these last four years. It's been very difficult to watch. It is not, it is, it's not what America should be. I don't think it's what America is. I guess I'm a believer in, in that whole, that old thing about, uh, you know, the, 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 the bully at school is the one who gets the most attention. You know, most of the school is full of good kids, but it's the bully who takes up all the time and gets all of the attention. I believe in that. And I kind of think, I think that's kind of what's been, what's been happening over these last four years. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's where I'm coming from. Uh, what else? Yeah. For those of you who are here in Norway, well, actually those of you back home or, or around the world, wherever you are, I'm going to post, uh, 
if I can get my hands on some links of all this stuff that's going on, I'm, I'm going to post it. Uh, you can find that. You'll find that on my Twitter, my Twitter page, which is at John Allen pod, J O H N A L A N P O D. Uh, you can also find it on my Facebook page, uh, which is at John Allen loyal Oak. That's J O H N A L A N L O Y A L O A K at John Allen loyal Oak. And it's also the same uh, thing at John Allen Loyal Oak on my Instagram. I'm going to post some links because, boy, oh, boy, people people want to hear what I have to say from time to time. I was on uh, the radio here in Norway uh, and on TV in Norway today. Uh, they came out to the house. Uh, they filmed a couple little snippets to put on TV, and they filmed or and they they recorded rather uh, this. Uh, this uh, very tired and rusty voice uh, spoke a little Norwegian and uh, shared my thoughts with uh, with the people on a radio radio program on NRK here in Norway. So uh, when I get a hold of those links, I will post them on my social media. Uh, tomorrow morning, Wednesday morning, uh, Norway time, uh, I'll be on the radio again. Uh, I'll post those links, and then on Thursday. Your guy, Mr. John Allen, is going to be on national TV. So I got to pull out that old vest and uh, pinstripe shirt and red tie, and uh, they'll put a, put makeup and shine up my uh, my slick head, and I'll be on TV. Um, it's going to be election election day related. It's going to be American society related. I'm not sure exactly what they're going to be asking me, but I'm ready. They'll uh, ask me what they want to ask me. We'll talk about what they want to talk about, and uh, and I'll be doing that. So I'll be on TV uh, on Thursday. So when I get those links, I'll post it. Uh, for those of you who don't understand Norwegian, it may not do it may not do you any good. But for those of you who understand Norwegian, you will be able to uh, both watch and listen. And I hope you I hope you gain something from it. So that's what's going on with me. Those are my thoughts at the moment. Um, Boy, this feels good to do a solo episode. I, I need to get back to doing that. Maybe I should do that regardless. You know, I, I, I don't want to, I'm, I'm trying to be careful about putting too many episodes uh, out there. It's actually been a bit of a relief. The last couple of three weeks, I've only had one episode a week. And that's been kind of nice to step back a little bit, put more thought into the pr- production and content. Uh, of course, there's always a positive thing about, and it's fun to just pump out, you know, two, three, maybe four episodes a week like I was doing for a while there. Uh, I don't know. I'll just take it as it comes. You know, this is a very free-flowing, uh, unplanned, unscripted podcast, and I'm, I'm comfortable with that. Uh, I'm very comfortable with that format. I like the way I'm doing it. It's, uh, for the most part, stress-free. I'm just having fun. I'm meeting people. Uh, I, I love my guests. I consider every guest that I've had on uh, so far a new friend. Um, there's a lot of good people out there. There's a lot of good people out there in this world. Um, uh, and I'm quite fortunate, truly blessed to be in this situation to, uh, to have met some of these people that I've met and to, uh, do things like I'm doing right now, talk and share my thoughts with you guys, share my feelings with you guys. I love you guys. Thank you for your support. Uh, if you haven't voted, go do it. What is it? It's, uh, 3.48 p.m. on the East Coast in the United States. Get out there. You've still got uh, three to four, maybe five hours left before the polls close. 
uh, on the East Coast and even more time if you're on the out there on the West Coast. So vote, vote, vote. Let your voice be heard. I tell you, it feels good when you speak and people hear you. It's a good feeling. So speak through your vote. Please do it. You'll be better for it. Our nation will be better for it. Do it, please. Bye, everybody. Thank you and goodbye.